you know, the, the pinnacle and it doesn't change the way you feel and you still feel empty. And so in that moment, and also because I've been privy to working with, you know, bigger bigger people. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. This was far and away one of my favorite episodes so far. If you guys don't know who Syra is, she won a Grammy back in 2013 with a song she did with Skrillex called Bangarang. It was pretty popular at the time. I'm pretty sure you've heard it if you were um, alive in 2013. And today we had her on the show to talk about her experience. I know this might seem a little off-brand for Young Smart Money, but she's somebody who I've looked up to for a really long time. She came from a, a very tough background, okay? She went through some very serious things at a very young age, and I wanted to have her on the show to talk about how she progressed through that and then how she got to the places where she's at right now. Right now, she's actually coaching doing life coaching for some, some really high-level artists in the music industry and doing a lot of really cool things over there. We go very deep on mindset and how nothing really matters as much as you think it does. Um, and there's there's a ton of value in this episode, so I'm going to stop rambling and let Syra have the mic. So guys, whatever you're doing, whether you are walking the dog, driving to work, at the gym, I want you to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. <music> Syra, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I am phenomenal. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm super stoked to be speaking here with you today. Um, our listeners got a quick preview as to what you're currently up to right now and where you've come from in the intro, but could you give us a quick like 60-second snapshot of where you're at right now, and then we're going to flash back a little ways and work our way up to the present. 60 seconds. Oh, my God. You can go a little over um, if you need to. I'm like, I don't know where I am right now. Uh, I've been I've been just honestly in the studio a lot. I got, oh, I'm sorry, this man. Hey, hey, shh, shh, shh. Sorry about that. Oh no worries. Noise. Mortimer does his own thing. Um, where I've been at, uh, I got out of my deal with Atlantic Records last year. And so I've been writing for other artists and developing other artists and just kind of popping around, making music myself and honestly, just not sleeping enough. That's where I've been at. So. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you gotta, you gotta make priorities and you gotta make decisions on what's going to get your time. Yep. And it sounds like you got a lot of exciting things on your plate. So I want to flashback now to um, earlier in your story, because I know that there are a lot of different like twists and turns along the path that brought you to where you're at right now. So can we flash back to um, your early like childhood even? Like, where did you start off? Where did, where did Syra originate? Um, and where are you where, where does your story start, basically? Well, I grew up uh, with my dad and my stepmom, and they were partial nudists uh, who did taxidermy, and uh, my father just shot heroin, so I ended up like dropping out of the fourth grade. And um, I always grew up in a musical family. Uh, my dad toured with the Doobie Brothers, stuff like that, but my early childhood was just honestly spent like selling things so that my dad could shoot heroin, and eventually he passed away. And music was the only thing that saved me you know I would I would when everything was going on I would just sit in a room by myself and listen to music over and like some of the same songs over and over and over again and uh it saved my life how Cyrus started is honestly uh graffiti I was doing a lot of graffiti I was getting arrested a lot I was uh making and selling drugs at um, what age are we talking Oh my God, I don't even know. I uh, probably about like 15, 14, 15. And then, you know, drug dealing was pretty much my, you know, my main 
thing. I didn't really understand that life could go past the age of 18. Like that was really a, a very um, ethereal concept for mm. me. Like I was like, wait, people live past that? Holy. <laughs> I can't curse, can I? You can oh, do whatever boy. you want. Uh, oh, I can? Free world, oh, I love yeah. that. Uh, my grandmother will be mad, but it's okay. Um, but she's got a hand tattoo. So like, you know what I mean? You can't wow, be out grandma, here. That's like, that's like. My granny is lit. <laughs> she's lit. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, I was, I was kind of, you know, running with different gangs and, and just being kind of, you know, um, I don't know, just surviving. And I didn't realize you could do more than that, but I um, bounced in and out of school. I never really went back, but I went for a month and I had this English teacher and um, I ended up getting kidnapped <laughs> just to throw that in casually. Yeah. But I, I ended up getting kidnapped by three men and like taken and, and just a lot of stuff. And anyway, so after that experience, my English teacher really kind of, you know, poured his energy into me. Um, and he changed my life and he introduced me to underground hip hop. He introduced me to like spoken word and, um, painting. He bought me my first like painting set and just wow. really, yeah, he's the reason I'm still alive. I would say. That's massive. So, so you're doing this graffiti, you, you end up, you, you get this basically mentor from, from your English, English teacher who's, who's giving you all these resources and helping you out. Um, where does, where does that transition into you yourself creating content and you yourself, um, sort of becoming an artist? Well, so what happened was I, I honestly, I mean, I used to kind of lie in like interviews about like why I started making music because I sure. felt um, uncomfortable and like people would think I was crazy because I wasn't really successful at the time. So I had to be like, oh, I just, you know, I mean, I always grew up freestyling and stuff like that. But really what happened, the honest truth is that I started to like hear this voice <laughs> and I thought I was schizophrenic from all of the previous things that I had done. So I called my family and I was like, yo, I'm schizophrenic. This shit is crazy. Like I, I have, you know, I'm hearing that I have to go do these things. And uh, what it told me was to go down to South Central Lamarck Park and, um, and, and go on a Thursday night. So I show up down there and I'm the only girl, I'm the only, you know, white girl, I guess, it's Italian, but whatever. And I just went every week. And these men at first were like, who are you? Are you like, what is wrong? What are you doing? And eventually they taught me how to rap. And um, it was this group freestyle fellowship. They like took me under their wing and like, really, they were like, you're terrible. But because you keep showing up, we're just, we have to help you. Like, what, what's wrong with you? And so I went back week after week, week after week. And, you know, I wasn't very good. I was probably the least talented, but I just kept showing up. And eventually, you know, I booked my own shows. I booked tours all over Europe and, um, you know, just kind of followed this voice. But at the time, it was really interesting because I have all these journals about following this voice, but not being able to tell anybody that I was, you know, hearing things. That's got to be interesting. I know this is a plot twist you didn't expect, but yes, that's all. the real truth. Wow. I think everybody, you know, has intuition and, and things like that. But I, I feel like it's important to talk about that because people don't follow their gut. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of times, especially like in the school system, we're, learn, we're, we're taught that, that you need to think with your mind and not with the rest of your body. And yes. I think it, it can be really, it's, it's, it's valuable to, to give like credibility and, and to actually like acknowledge the thoughts that don't come from your brain because a lot of times those can lead you down the places that you're meant to go to 
Yes. And also our head is honestly not our friend. I mean, I don't know if people, you know, struggle with like maybe some of the mental illness that I've had. I'm not actually schizophrenic though, by the way, I'll just throw that out there, but I definitely have some other cute things. Um, you know, but generally our head is not our friend, you know, and I think that, you know, unraveling that, getting more connected with your, your feelings, you know, your, your intuition, all of those things, as opposed to, you know, leaning into your head. But the other thing too, is that, you know, it's even scientifically proven that children that have been wildly abused develop other senses. And I was wildly abused, you know, so I think it's really just a survival, um, you know, it's like how kids that are blind, you know, have better hearing and can do sonar. Like there's that kid that can ride a skateboard around town. Yeah. He's blind. He's fascinating. I watch him all the time on YouTube. <laughs> so I want to hear a little bit more about like your head, your head is not your friend. Um, and, and basically where, how, how you've developed that and um, what that really means to you. I mean, I think now at this point in my life, my head is my friend because okay. I've trained it. But okay. I, I believe that we have to train our minds. I don't think we just, you know, most people that I know don't come into the world, you know, thinking great things. Because sure. especially at a time like this, everything is devastating, you know. So I have to get out of my head the majority of the day. Um, the other thing that I've been doing simultaneously to making music is doing life coaching. Um you know, and the, and the funny thing about that was I was not, you know, obviously I'm a, I dropped out of the fourth grade. I, you know, I never graduated anything. I don't have really any formal education, but I became <laughs> a celebrity life coach. Um, I think I realized that I needed to do a lot of work and I needed to figure out how to live life as somebody who had been wildly abused. I needed to do a lot more than most people just to be here, you know, just to stay on the planet. So those skills that I learned, I, I call myself like a life hack life coach. Cause I don't mm. think, I don't think everything is like realistic. You know what I mean? Like, like it depends on where you come from, but my bar was so low. So for me, like, dealing with people that I didn't know how to deal with properly instead of being like, you know, with my clients and stuff like that, they're like, Oh, I can't stand my mom. And I'm like, well, instead of beating the shit out of yourself for, for that, why don't you just look at it differently? So I would say things like, imagine your mom has two weeks to live. How are you going to act then? Mm. So some of it wasn't super positive, but it's, a, you know, once you retrain your mind, then you don't have to go through that again. Yeah. So what are, what are some strategies that, that our listeners can start to implement to retrain their mind and to make their mind into something that's more of an asset to them than their enemy? What are, what are some, like, I mean, even like life hacks that you were talking about before, but like, what are, what are some strategies they can start implementing? Well, I do, uh, I do, I, first of all, I do lists every day because honestly, a lot of times I'm drowning in work or yeah. something else. And I don't, and I, and I'm a perfectionist, so I don't feel like I've accomplished anything if there's still things to do, which is really a terrible way to live. You're never going to win. Yeah. So what I do instead is I make lists and I check them off. And, it, and I always say like, even if I slide into a depression, um, I only have to do three things, but they all have to be good things, you know? So even if my three things are doing the dishes or taking a shower or opening the mail, then that's a good day. Now, generally I feel very good. So that doesn't really need to happen, but still making lists is, is huge. And the other thing I think is, you know, we always want to be somewhere else. We're always working towards being somewhere else. People are not investing in the moment. 
Um, and especially through social media and all this stuff, we get distracted. So what I do is I just, I stay fully present in this moment and look at what I can be grateful for in this moment and always return back to gratitude. Like mm. I'm grateful for indoor plumbing and mm. this little dog in the background, you know, <laughs> and coffee being able to talk to you. And when we simplify that, it makes things a lot easier because we're always being hit with not enough. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you maintain your focus in the moment? Because a lot of people will tell you like, stay in the moment, live in the moment, but how do you actually, how do you consciously practice that? And what have some have been the strategies that you have used to keep yourself in the moment when you might find yourself drifting? Well, I have a lot of like anxiety and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, for me, I have to do meditation and I do binaural meditation because for people that are like me, I can't, I mean, now I can, I've trained myself, but everyone's like, meditate, sit in a room quietly and just focus your mind. I'm like, bitch, what? Are you kidding? How? <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. So what I started doing was binaural meditation and I didn't do it in like a super, you know, I didn't go to a mountain and whatever. Sometimes I meditate while doing my makeup and cooking eggs and walking the dog and you know what I mean? But binaural meditation is scientifically proven to recalibrate your brain chemistry. So you're already connected to the whole thing. So it's basically cheating, but it takes you there faster. And so that's one way that I practice getting grounded. And even if it's with a lot of my clients, my artists, I still make them meditate and manifest. The other thing is I do a gratitude, uh, a future gratitude journal every morning when I wake up. And so I put down the things that I'm excited about that the universe is like bringing my way. And that makes me live in those feelings because we always think like, oh God, I, you know, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. You know, I'm stuck. Mm. And it's like, I'm only stuck because that's what I'm focused on. Mm. I've never been stuck. You know what I mean? But what we, what we spend time thinking about becomes our reality. And so I think that just being in the moment, like when I'm, with someone and I'm like, God, I should, I have to finish the, you know, chorus for blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I have to be like, this is my friend. I'm so grateful. I get to spend the day with them. Life is really short, you know? And I think I've been blessed because I've lost a lot of people. So I don't have the same struggle in terms of, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, most, most of the people I love are dead. So I just, I can always kind of pull back from that and be like, I'm really happy you're here right now. Mm. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure, I'm sure there's listeners out there that can definitely relate to that because I mean, like I personally, I, I have, I've lost a couple people close to me, but not, not nearly the, the amount of people that you're talking. Yeah. It's a lot of bodies. I got some bodies, <laughs> but you know, I also think we're here for a moment, you know, when I start to take myself too seriously, like when I was younger and like, obviously like, getting success, I was always just terrified of when the other shoe was going to drop. So I actually missed a lot of the beautiful moments in my life by way of feeding into fear, as opposed to just, you know, being present for that, mm. you know. Um, and so that was also a big lesson for me. But yeah, there's, you know, I think there's different ways, different people um, kind of learn from different things. I think the other thing too, is just working out mm. for me. Definitely, you know, so even if I make myself go on a walk every day, it's, uh, you know, it's very cathartic to just release, like getting in touch with nature because we're surrounded by technology and, 
and all of this energy and information and you know watching people die on the internet and you know it's just it's it's too much and so to you know we have to kind of like even this year when the grammys were going on my mom came out and we just camped we went camping because i don't even want to feed into that stuff that mm. that less than mentality hmm i love that i love that so how do you personally, when, when you're trying to, to stay away from that, like you said, less than mentality, how do you think about social media and how does social media play into to your life? Well, <laughs> that's the dichotomy. I wrote a song. I was like, uh, I don't even remember what I said, but I was like, I've been lying on the internet. I've actually been in bed for three months with depression. Um, it's, a, it's a really... I, I just got off social media again for like the past three months to just reset my mind. Now I'm mm. back and I'm being thoughtful online, but um, posting all the thirst traps. I think it's, I think it's dangerous. Um, I think that we always think that everybody else has it figured out. And the truth is, is everyone's struggling to feel like enough. But once you understand that, it also takes the power out of it. You know, mm. so I just try to, you know, I try to dip in, I'll post and then I let it go. I can't be, I, I cannot allow the internet to dictate how I feel. Hmm. And that's just oh. a hard boundary for me. Yeah. Like and how I treat myself like a child, you know what I mean? Hmm. So if I start getting all weird on it, I'm like, okay, bitch, you're cut off. No more internet for <laughs> you. You know? Okay. How do you, how do you distance yourself from because a lot of a lot of my listeners are people who are trying to start their own business, trying to start their own podcast, trying to start something on their own. And a lot of times it's that fear of like, what will other people think? Like, what will my parents think? What will my friends think? And, and that seems like something that that is is something that you have have developed a way to not let it get to you as much or just like avoid that altogether. So how have you been able to um, distance yourself from that and, and sort of get past that fear of what will other people think about the things that I'm doing or saying? I think that everything is a decision, right? So mm. there's, there's only, none of this is real. We're all just here on a, a rock for a moment, right? So first of all, like just boil that down. Cause when I take myself again too seriously, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're here for like a split, you know, it's a split. Yeah. Whatever the phrase is, um, it, it's too early for me, but we're not here for a long time, first of all. Second of all, again, everything's a decision. So I can feel bad about the internet if I choose to, but that is a choice. I'm feeding into it, right? Hmm. So I can feel uncomfortable about what you think about me, which I did spend a lot of time doing before. Yeah. Uh, I can allow that to capsize my life. Like I remember this dude on YouTube, this is when I was first like popping off and this guy was like, he put in the comments, no wonder your dad killed himself. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I called people. I was like, yo, we got to find him. We got to get his location. Nobody types that to me. And it's like, I fed into this man. I don't know this man. This man does not know me. He does not know my dad. Like I choose to give you energy. So instead mm. of doing all that, I've just chose to give me energy and to really like boil that down. Is it, is my family thrilled about me on the internet sometimes? Probably not, but I'm here for a good time. You know, like I'm here to manifest greatness. And sometimes you're going to take the L on that, but that's what a risk is, you know? Mm. And honestly, I'm so grateful. I was just talking to someone last night. I'm so grateful that I didn't get what I thought I wanted 
I'm so grateful that it wasn't like, oh, you, you're, you know, you got a big deal, you're famous, you got a Grammy, like, and now you're just gonna be, you know, Beyonce. Well, all of that is not real, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm grateful that I tried and I failed. I'm grateful that I tried again and I failed because the truth is, is that success is a trap the same way failure is. Hmm. You know, so it's really just about this journey. Like getting, I've worked with people where they get to the pinnacle of what we would think success is and there's still nothing there. And hmm. that's probably the worst place to be, you know? So yeah. I think just really leaning into the moment is is the thing. And And when you think about it, like, I mean, I hate to, I don't want to dig too deep into that, but you don't know how much time you have here. 100%. Period. So, you know, why not? take a risk, jump off a cliff. It's more interesting. I don't mean actually literally no, don't yeah. <laughs> jump off a cliff, please. But, you know. So is that is that how you think about risk taking most of the time is like I've only got so much time so I want to live it up or or what is what is your philosophy around like taking risks and thinking about when it's time to jump? I think, you know, I think I've always kind of been a risk taker probably because I never had the structure that other people had. Sure. But I've also been so wildly, um, like, for example, like, I, I've been so wildly focused on, on being safe as well, because mm -hmm. of how much chaos there was. So it was very weird, because I'm like the most risk taker and the most safe, like, don't change anything, we need safety, you know, um, all at the same time. Uh, but I think I think I, when I was younger, I didn't take as many risks and I saw my own failure in that. Hmm. You know, I could see that by way of being afraid and feeding fear as opposed to freedom that I kept myself trapped and I wasn't as successful as I could have been, you know, and I'm, again, I'm grateful that I'm not, but I could see that we box ourselves in. Nobody boxes me in. I box me in, hmm. you know, so, so recognizing that for what it is. And most people too, I, I work with a lot of people that say they're trying and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm doing and it's just not happening. That's not real. You know, if you're trying and you're doing and you live in that energy of like the world owes me something and it's just not happening, um, there's something you're blocking yourself, you know, like there's a block inside. And once I've freed up that block, I am successful, you know, whatever that looks like for you. What that are, what are sense. some, yeah. What are some examples of blocks that, that you find that people have where, where they're saying like, I'm doing the work, but nothing's happening. What are some common or just some examples of blocks that you found within people? Well, people have core beliefs mm -hmm. and that defines the entirety of their life, their relationships, everything. You know, I work, I had a girl, she was like, I don't understand everyone I date keeps cheating on me. That's because you choose people that cheat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing just happens to me. I mean, things mm -hmm. do illness, you know, accidents, car, you know, whatever. But I also think it's all conspiring for my greatness. I just can't see it in the moment, you know, but we choose things and we have us, you know, the undercurrent, the subconscious that pulls in the story. We, we have a story about ourselves. And so our subconscious pulls in players that can validate the story. So really I'm not, I'm not engaging. I'm not, we all go outside to, to find success, but really everything is internal. When I'm, you know, dealing with me on a, on a deep level and really digging through my core beliefs, 
that changes the whole world. It completely shifts my outsides, you know? So my core beliefs were like, um, I don't know. I, nobody really loves me. You know, that was a core belief. Like nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. And I think some of that core belief propelled me to be successful, but it also kept me trapped, you know? So untangling your own mess and then going outside frees it up. Like, I don't think there's any success without starting from the inside out. And I also think the other thing is, is I haven't been the most talented or the most successful, but people love me. And that's something that people miss. They're so focused on getting things done or, or coming up off somebody else and they cut themselves out the game. Mm. So, so for our listeners and, and for myself, like a lot of us have this, this notion of success that, like you said, is anchored outside of ourselves. Like we want to have like material success or we want to be in this certain place or, or meet this certain person or do this certain thing. How have you found it? How have you found ways to shift that anchor of success from outside you to, to inside you? Um, because I, I'm sure that's something that a lot of people do struggle with uh, because like that's, that's just how, how we're brought up. Like success is something that you achieve on the outside. Excellent. People can see it. People can see, oh, this is a successful person. This is a not a successful person. So how, how have you moved that notion from outside to inside? Well, first of all, here, we'll just flash on this little daddy. Oh, so yeah. this little daddy, <laughs> uh, I, I won a Grammy. I cried in bed for three days. Couldn't get out of bed beat the shit out of myself mentally. Why, why do you feel this way? You shouldn't feel this way. Why do you feel this way? You shouldn't feel this way. Don't feel this way. The truth was I had just achieved something that was the pinnacle, I would say of, of the, you know, of, of what, what I wanted, right? That's the pinnacle. That's the top. You don't really, I don't think you get more than that. And I didn't feel different. Mm. That's horrifying. That's actually the scariest moment ever. When you, when you achieve, you know, the, the pinnacle and it doesn't change the way you feel and you still feel empty. And so in that moment, and also because I've been privy to working with, you know, bigger, bigger people and I've watched them struggle through what they thought they wanted and getting there, it doesn't feel the same way as what they thought it would be. So after that experience, I realized I cannot allow the outside world or success or whatever these things are to be why I'm here to be my focus because they're empty and vapid. You know, mm, the yeah. thing that I've, I enjoy now is working with younger artists and, and the moment when it clicks, you know, and they, they finally realize like what they're, who they are. Like that's what, that's success to me at this point in my life because everything else, I wish it, you know, wish it meant more, but it's like, you know, I mean, it means a lot to me. I grew up in a trailer eating roadkill. So like, this is huge. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad I'm here. But at the same time, it, you know, it doesn't, it's just a thing. Mm. Is that, is that something that you work on a lot with the, the life coaching clients that you work with? Like how they can find their own version of success? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've kind of transitioned out of life coaching, but it's not, not really. I mean, it's the same thing, but now I just solely focus on artists and helping mm -hmm. them develop their projects. Okay. But the thing about that is it's still life coaching. And what we do is I, we do, I, I make them do, uh, uh, we do vision boards. 
So I, I think all these kids probably think I'm out of my mind, which I am. <laughs> but they come into my house, I sage them, I clean their energy off, I make them touch my salt lamp. I'm like, don't bring your little weird like energy into my spot. And then we do vision boards and we do gratitude lists and I put them on meditation because I know I can help. We can figure out your sound. That's easy. But mm -hmm. what's going to hold us back from being successful is you. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to devote a bunch of energy into you when you have all these mental blocks where you don't feel like you're good enough to get what you want because now you're wasting my time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I focus on the other stuff first because I know that the only thing holding all of us back is ourselves. There's no, like, why wouldn't, you know, the world be conspiring for my greatness? Why would, you know, why do people, you know what I mean? There's no yeah. such thing. There's no threat except me. And I'm a large threat to myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so with you. And like, like you said, the biggest thing, cause like at this point, um, I've, I've gotten people who, who they're asking me to like how to start a podcast. So I'll hop on like a call with them for like 15 minutes. And if they don't do anything with that, because they don't think they're good enough or they don't like feel like they're ready for it. Like I just spent my time helping them and giving them the tools they needed. But if they weren't in the place where they were ready for it, like that was just a waste of my time. Cause they're not going to do anything with the information I gave them. So I think that's really key. to like, look at the core of the person and, and make sure that they're in a place where they're ready to receive the information that you're giving to them. Cause if they're not, they're just wasting both of your time. Totally. And I feel like, you know, energy is so crucial. That's why like, I don't really deal with a lot of people anymore because I've, I've tried to save the whole world in, in different mediums, whether it's music or, you know, interventions or life coaching and all this stuff. And my energy's not been reciprocated a lot of the time and it's very powerful, you know, and I think we all have the ability to tap into that. But like I said, most people don't actually want to be successful. And that's something I didn't understand, but now I do. People are far more afraid of success than they are of failure, but they're not in touch with that. So they say, I tried, I tried, I tried so that they can really not take responsibility for actually trying and failing. Like what would happen if you actually tried and you failed? That's what they're afraid of. But what's the difference, you know, whether, you, and, and so people shy away from starting anything because they're too afraid to actually have tried and failed. If you didn't try, but you failed, you didn't really fail, you know, in their heads. Yeah. And I think that's so counterproductive. How do you how do you work on getting people to move past that and really like give it their all and make sure that they are like yeah giving everything they can into what they're pursuing so that they do actually like try? I mean, for me, I shout out to all my kids. I love them so much. They probably hate me at times. I mean, I make people cry, you know. But if you if you want if you want what you think you want and you want me to help you do that, then I'm probably going to break you down, you know, and I, just the same way that I've broken myself down. But at the same time, when we can reconstruct that, that's where the greatness is, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, you know, um, about what you focus on, you know, some days I have anxiety and my head will, oh, hello, sorry, I guess I hit snooze before to make sure this daddy's off here. Um, no worries. You know, some days I'll have, I'll, I'll have anxiety all day and I just have to be like, break it down for myself too. I'm like, I'm anxious. I'm really anxious. We should probably just quit and move to Tennessee. I don't think I can handle this. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I think I'm over it. You know? And I'm like, so what's, what's going on? What, what, like, what are you, what are you anxious about? 
you know, and, and check in with myself. I had this really interesting thing happen last week. It changed my life. I went to go do this session and, you know, I, I, did, uh, I didn't really feel it because I didn't really, it's not something I was good at, right? So I go in and I keep trying and I keep trying and I keep trying and I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. And I keep trying. I have to be good at this. I have to be good at this. I need to figure this out. And the, the engineer goes, you know, I'm like, Oh, I think I just failed. You know, like I think um, the A&Rs came in and I could tell that they were like, Does, is she actually good at this? You know what I mean? But they were also so sweet, but they were like, um, and then they leave and, and I'm like, Oh, I think that was a test and I failed. And the engineer goes, that was a test and you did fail, but let me ask you a question. What would you do if you passed and you have to keep doing stuff that you're not, that doesn't inspire you? And I was like, oh my God, that's life changing. You know what I mean? But it is, yeah. it's like, it, you know, just following your joy. Like what's that little cute little tidy up show on Netflix that'll get canceled? Oh, um, Marie Kondo. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I don't know if it'll get canceled, but it'll probably, <laughs> it's getting canceled. It's like the probably. same thing. And she's so cute. And she's got yeah. like a little Tupperware. And you're like, seen this 18,000 times. Uh, but yeah, following your joy. That's, I think that that's like a key thing. Mm. I'm so with you on that. And, and one guy, the guy that actually connected us, who I think is really, really good at following his joy is Richie Norton. I mean, that guy, he's, he's, he is just a container of joy and just everywhere that he goes, he's just like distributing it to everyone around him. He's the most beautiful human being in the world. We, we met at a Ted talk in, uh, in, um, the Ukraine, <laughs> you know, super weird, Wild. but adorable. Yeah. That's just like the nature of Richie Norton though. And me, we're just like, cool. All right. And he's been like a, you know, like a father slash best friend to me. Um, really changed my life. Like so grateful for him. Mm. But those are the people that I want to be around too. You know, people that believe in joy because there's a lot of people that believe that life is supposed to be hard and we're supposed to struggle and it's got to be this way and all that stuff. And, and Richie's one of those people where you're like, not to say that his life hasn't been hard because obviously there's been a lot of things, but he doesn't live in that. He doesn't feed that. He doesn't, mm buy into it he's you know no matter even when tragedy strikes he's always just feeding you know the joy and mm. traversing through it you know how sometimes you, oh go oh i was just gonna say how do you like surround yourself with more people like that and how have you found um how do you how do you structure basically your circle and the people that you spend the most time with oh god that's so difficult honestly you know i think when you i think when you really dig through that stuff that holds you back you start to just attract better people first of all like i said if your boyfriend you know you keep dating the same dude with a different haircut you're gonna get the same results and that's really on you it's not on them you know because we choose people mm. so for a long time in my life i chose people that you know like to feed off me and feed off my energy because that's what i was used to my whole life was set up around you know taking care of other people and um, and then it started to shift once I started to invest in myself. And now it's kind of hard because I have so many beautiful people. Um, and the cool thing is we're mostly all artists. So we're all just kind of like mixing in when we can um, yeah. because nobody's really got time, but we're all, you know, working together and kind of like developing. And so that's been a really great thing. But yeah, I always attract light. I, I'm, 
at this point in my life, I can say that, you know, and that's why, and I can tell because you are the company you keep, Mm. you know, so Richie, you know, there's so many amazing people in my life and I can see that's a reflection of me. Everybody in our lives is a reflection of us. I believe that. Like, you know, they're like, oh, I have this friend, but he kind of like sucks and da 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 da. Well, why? Why would you, you know, there are certain people that I keep around that I help, but that is the exchange and then we're done. You know, I don't, I don't hang out with them on a daily basis or talk to them or, you know, I help them and I move on. Mm. So what, what made you feel like you wanted to get into the life coaching space? Because it seems like you've, you've definitely gone through so many different things. What was it that made you want to um, start helping other people out? I think, well, I'm starting to untangle all of that now in my new life. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of it was probably based in sickness, to be honest. I think I was just always conditioned to live my life for other people. So it, it just felt natural. I definitely think I'm, I'm, you know, I have a lot of healing energy and I've, I've learned how to live life, but honestly, I made it up. I don't know really how I got into it and I don't know how I did so well because I was, I think I was even homeless at the time that I started. And someone was like, Hey, can you like coach this woman? Um, she's in her fifties and whatever. I think I was like 18. And I was like, absolutely. I told, yes. Coached many, many things coaching. Yes, I will. And you know, the other thing, everything's an illusion. Everything is perspective perspective perception so once that started to happen everyone's like what have you been doing I'm like I'm a life coach I guess no okay I'm a life coach coaching life you know and people believed me and I thank God was able to help a lot of people and actually give them things to to rebuild their life um I in retrospect now I can see you know school is really incredible and I think that's amazing and like shout out to you I'm very proud I love when people go to school um at the same time though I've been so blessed to have such a tragic life because I am so equipped for the future and I've realized that people that haven't had to go through the things that I've had to go through really struggle you know and I don't think pain is I I don't I don't think we can compare pain or it's all the same. It's all the same feelings. However, you know, for me, I've really had to push through a lot of things that most people haven't had to. So I feel like I'm better equipped to help them get through these things Mm. because I've, you know, really had to myself. So what, what drew you, was it just the fact that you were already in the music industry, but what made you want to focus in on, on younger artists in particular? I didn't actually want to people just kind of, it was all word of mouth. I I don't, I've never even had like a website. Like it's all just been word of mouth. It's really bizarre. Everything is kind of just manifested, you know, just through that whole thing. And, and it was amazing. I did, you know, stuff with Hillary Clinton and um, the surgeon general report. Like there was just so much, I'm very passionate about drug addicts. Mm. Um, I'm very passionate about, you know, uh, mental illness. I mean, I'm not like, like we love it, but yeah. you know, artists are those things combined, you know, it's mental illness, drug addiction, eating disorders, things like that, where people just, you know, I don't know. I feel like I, you know, I'm like an artist whisperer, <laughs> you know, I love that's it. actually what they call me at my company. Really? 
Yeah, they're like, you are an artist whisperer, because I can see who people are supposed to be. That's really and I interesting. Just help them peel it off. How know? do you develop that, or how are you able to, to see past the layers? I don't know. I've just always been this way. I've always seen who people are supposed to be. And it's, and I've always been right. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, like with Skrillex, like I was, my mom was just saying this the other day. She's like, honey, you've just always been like, you've always known. When we met, he had actually written to me um, on MySpace. And I was in Romania. Yeah. Oh, gee. (laughs) And whatever it, it was such a long time ago now but I he like came to my mom's house like some of the boys came through or whatever and my, I turned to my mom and I was like he's gonna be the most famous producer in the world and my mom was like okay you know and he you know he like he had just gotten out of fir- from first to last and was making like beautiful ambient music like she was like okay the biggest producer okay okay and it happened and the same thing there's been so many artists where I've called it, you know, mm. um, and so many people just in general, like, you know, um, one of my friends, you know, was uh, doing things over the summer, like doing, you know, maybe like a smaller job than whatever. And I came to him and I said, you're going to be huge. You need to cut this shit off. Stop doing this weird, like small business stuff and like really focus on how big you're going to be. Mm. Like we love to take shortcuts, but shortcuts do not pay off. You know, and so I just said, you need to stop like partitioning things and like look at the bigger picture, like zoom out. You know what I mean? I always tell people zoom out like a drone um, mm. because we do dumb shit out of fear in the moment, but that's, we're just cutting off our blessings, you know? And now that man is exactly who I told him he was going to be. And he's still not even at the thing. I know by the end of next year, it's going to be crazy for him. So <laughs> I just, I see the future. I love it. The artist whisper. And that's like, that, that's one of those senses that you were talking about. People who go through serious trauma, they develop those additional senses. Completely. I know like people think it's like on some hippie shit, but it really is <laughs> science. You know, there's even a new scientific study that says, you know, um, people's actual like negative energy actually does affect you. Like in terms yeah. of protecting your energy, like there are plants actually feed off each other's energy to synthesize. And that's the same thing with human beings. So what you're around will dictate your life, but it's also a decision that you make, you know? So that's, that's the hard part. Like when I'm like, the world isn't being nice to me. It's like, well, first of all, it's not personal. Second of all, what am I choosing to look at or what am I choosing to do or who am I choosing to be around? Like it's all on me, Mm. which is the powerful part. Like, if yeah. you don't like your life, that's your fault. Mm, I love it. <laughs> Syra, I could talk with you literally for hours, um, but I don't want to use too much of your time. I got some questions that I like to ask all of my guests, though. Are you feeling ready for those? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Let's do it. The first thing I'm curious about is, like, what is, what is one thing, one or two things that you're genuinely excited about right now? Clearly, you are somebody who is, who is very passionate about a, a lot of different things. But what are a couple of things that you're really excited about right now? I'm, I mean, I'm so excited to see what happens next. I feel like my life is like, I, like I tweeted the other day, like my life has been one big April Fool's Day because it's just bizarre what's happening. Like I got a call from The Rock last week. Um, wow. I was just in the studio with Juicy J who I adore. Like it just, Anita, I was with Anita. It's just, I don't even know where I'm going because things are just, it's just falling 
into my lap. So the thing I'm excited about, and that's why I don't do like, I'll do future goals. So I write down what I want every year and I put those things down, but then I let them go into the universe. I'm just excited to find out what happens next. I feel like I'm in a novella. So that's what I'm excited about. Like, let's find out what could happen. That's the exciting part. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. That's, that's the mindset that, that I, I strive for every single day. You are that though. <laughs> you are. I appreciate it. Podcast? Are you kidding me? They're <laughs> trying every single day, every single day. Um, no, what? doing. Doing, doing. Yes, not trying. We're doing. <laughs> so what habits do you have? If you have any habits, things you do on a regular basis, you mentioned working out earlier, but like, what are those things that, that um, you do on a regular basis that help you sort of get to that next level? Honestly, I need to like, <laughs> I'm not doing a great job at that right now. I think for me, uh, you know, generally it depends because my life is really unmanageable. So if it's like, oh, you have to go to the gym every day and eat salmon to feel like a good person, <laughs> then I'm not going to feel like a good person the majority of the time. Like I was in the studio till like five and seven in the morning two days ago, you know, for the two days. So that's not going to make me feel good if those are my rules. So mm. my rules are when I wake up, I meditate for 10 minutes. I do sit ups just because that just, if I can't go to the gym, I just have certain small rules. I do the dishes every day. And that's like, that's, if I did that, then I feel like, okay. And I, and I journal every morning. So Mm -hmm. I write down, um, you know, what I'm grateful for. And then I write down what I'm excited about having in my life. And that's, those are my only things. When I'm a really good person, I'm in Pilates, I'm hiking mountains, I'm, (laughs) you know, eating foliage every day. But you know, when I'm not, when I'm in my bag, we don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what, what kind of content are you consuming? I'm always curious, um, what my guests are, are taking in, whether, um, I mean, it could be artists, it could be books you're reading, it could be podcasts you're listening to, but like, what kind of content are you consuming on a regular basis? Oh my God. I'm reading, uh, actually like four books right now. Oh my. I wish I had one of them. I think this one is super fascinating. Um, I read a lot. So this one is really cool. Rapid transformation therapy. Interesting. Okay. And it's really dope. It's like for people with trauma. Yeah. Guided process for healing trauma and awakening the light within. I read a lot of self-help things. Okay. Um, and, and that's kind of like my favorite thing to do. Like mm. it just, it feeds my soul. It gives me guidance. Um, and then my escape is like movies, like, and shows like Netflix is like my real father. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's my everything. Um, and then, there's so many artists I'm so excited for. There's this kid, Kosha, um, who Timbaland's working with. And like, there's just so many beautiful, um, I'm always trying to discover new things, like whether it's books or art, so that I can distract my mind from when it starts to unravel. Mm. What's on your, what's on your recently watched on Netflix right now? Oh, um, well, Black Mirror, wait, OA. OA? Oh, you better get what? Hang up right now. I'm sorry. Get. I mean, I'm drop sorry. out of school. Watch the whole thing. Okay, we got no. I got. I got to step up my Netflix game. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed though. Do you know what I'm okay. saying? I, I feel. <laughs> Do you watch shows? I watch not usually. So I'll watch shows with my girlfriend. Um, I I make podcasts and. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's what i do but i mean i watch i watch queer eye 
I watch Black Mirror. The best. Um, and those are those are the big two, to be honest. I love Queer Eye. My uh, production company does Queer Eye, and like I always go to the events, and I'm always like, "You fabulous!" Um, <laughs> I'm like, "Can you hold my hand?" No, okay, fine. <laughs> literally fine. I'm not worried. <laughs> All right, Syra, you have been dropping a ridiculous amount of value on our listeners in this episode. I'm really thankful for you being here. Um, where can they go if they want to follow up with you, reach out to you, or just tell you how much they enjoyed uh, this podcast that you were on? Well, first of all, I love you and thank you for having me. And I hope I gave someone something, but also like sleep deprivation and lack of caffeine are really driving, <laughs> driving this I can't even finish the sentence. Um, you can find me um, on Twitter at S-I-R-A-H or on Instagram at S-I-R-A-H-S-A-Y-S. Um, and I usually respond to things um, all the time, but I just, you know, I'm just really grateful for you having me here. And I just want to say, like, it's wildly impressive the things that you've been able to accomplish. I don't know how old you are, but I know that you're not old. like, you know what I'm saying? I know that you're a puppy. I'm 20. Yeah. You're a puppy. <laughs> That's amazing. You're an absolute puppy. And I'm just so impressed. So thank you for having me because, um, I'm, I'm really inspired by like the younger generation being so proactive and really, you know, resetting and recalibrating, um, the world that we live in. Mm. I, I love it. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom, parting thoughts, um, or anything that you want to share with our listeners on Young Smart Money today? Uh, young Smart Money, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think the one thing I will say is, you know, what I always think about is, I always think about when I'm like 80 years old, would I look back and be like, oh, I wish I didn't take those risks. That was a terrible idea. Or would I look back and be like, you know what, this shit's been fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So whatever it is, like, you know, just, I, I would, I would just say like, you know, you know, looking back, would you, would you regret taking risks or would you regret having lived safe? Mm, there we go. Keep it in perspective. Syra, thank you so much for your time and being here. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I really, this has been amazing. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me. Uh, they, they really do impact me and the show and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day.